Hello and welcome back to Not Somali Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Welcome and we're listeners. Happy to be with you. As usual. Yes. <laughs> oh, I was gonna ask you, maybe we should have done this before we start recording, but how does my mic sound? It sounds great. Okay, sounds so beautiful. no no issues. No. <laughs> Yay. Guys, we're back, and we're happy to be here, and we hope that you're happy. Sorry, I'm sounding so weird. <laughs> we're happy to be here. We're glad to join you on this journey of life. Um, I hope everyone had a great week. Did you have yes. a good week, Katie? I did, yes. It was a good week. Nothing very interesting happened that I can recall, but it was good. Good week. <gasps> Do you know what I just thought of? Sorry, I, I was in listening what? to your week. <laughs> I'm all like, you ask a question but not pay attention. No, um, I just thought about this. I was like, what What did we do this week that had an exciting, like, uh, connection with Mormonism or being an ex-Mormon? But, okay, so my boy and I, we watched Stranger Things. Mm. Oh, I did that too. I finished it. So did you see the reference to the Mormon girl, which I was Yes, I did. (laughs) I forgot her name. What was it? Susie. Susie. Yeah. Yeah. Susie the Mormon. Yep. Because as soon as uh, he was like, oh, she's from Utah, I looked to my partner and I was like, oh, she's totally going to be Mormon. They're going to make a Mormon character. They're totally going to do it. And they're like, oh, and my, her dad won't approve. That's why we have to like, sorry, I'm giving away, but this isn't like pivotal to the storyline. Um, but like, yeah, we have to use walkie talkies and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, because he's not Mormon. And he's just, <laughs> like, they can't date non-Mormons. I was dying. I was laughing too. Okay. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> Also, how did you, uh, I can't, we can't get into it because maybe people haven't watched it, but offline, let's talk about that season because I have a lot of opinions about it. Okay. We can talk about it after because no spoilers. Yeah. I don't <laughs> want to be that person who gives away spoilers, but yeah, interesting. So, um, what else? What else do we so have? So, other now? opening announcements. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get started, let's have our opening announcement. We have some new patrons that I want to shout out on the show. So there's Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Michelle. Hi, Michelle. And Jessica. Jessica, you guys are lovely human beings. Thank you for your support. And I also want to say that our patrons, uh, Katie and Bridget, they also upped their pledge. So... They're amazing as well. I mean, you're all amazing, but I mean, when Sarah and I see things like that, we're like, oh, oh. I know. It makes us, because again, I know we say this like every episode, so you guys are probably like, ugh, gonna just fast forward, which is fine, slash it's not, and I'm annoyed at you. Don't fast forward. (laughs) Um, Like, when we first started out, we had like, what are two listeners, you know what I mean? And then it was like... Oh, we now have like 10 and we like never had a Patreon. Like it took us like quite a while to even get. And I remember our first one, we were like, oh, my God, we have one. <laughs> so exciting. So it's it's really cool to see the community growing and to see like followers and like people who are listening and the support. It means a lot to us and it helps us. When we're feeling a bit demotivated, especially on my side, like Katie and I were just talking about it, like it's oh, sometimes you just feel so burned out when you 
are working full time and you have everything else going on in your life and you're just a bit like, oh, I'm so tired. But this like gives us the motivation and like it's it's also not even the motivation like we enjoy doing it and it's therapeutic for us but it's great and encouraging when we have such great support from you guys um so thanks thanks for yeah either being a patron or just listening or just doing both or supporting us on social media we appreciate it all so thanks very much yes thank you very much i like you we appreciate also other big news we almost have 30,000 listens. <laughs> that is hilarious that you brought that up because that's what I was going to say next. Ooh, Did you read my mind? We're 1%. <laughs> we're the same. You could totally give patriarchal blessings because you can read minds <laughs> and tell fortunes. So <laughs> uh, I know I saw that right before we started chatting and I was like, 30,000 what? I know. What? Yeah. It's crazy. And, and the thing that I think is so funny is that um, I think it was like a week or two ago, we were with, so my boy and I were with like a group of his friends, I think, and we're, they were like, they brought up the podcast and I was like, yeah, it's doing really well. We have like, you know, last time we checked, I think at that point it was like 27,000 and he was like, oh, you mean 2,700? And I was <laughs> like, no, I made 27,000. And he was like, <laughs> What? No, I never realized it was that many. Like, this whole time I've been thinking you were just saying, like, 2,600 or 2,500. I was like, bitch, I can math. It was 27,000. Like, yep, we're not missing a decimal. Is that what it's called? Did I just math? Did I just do math terminology? Is it decimal? Uh, a comma? Oh, damn it. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. Um. I'm but sure we're I know. get messages about that. Um, dear Sarah, you're a dumbass. It's not a decimal. <laughs> it's actually just a comma. Oh my god. <laughs> um, no, anyway, but like exciting thousand. Yeah, thirty thousand. I feel like that's small potatoes in comparison to other big podcasts. But for us, that is huge. I never thought someone would or people would even really want to listen to my voice that many times so thank you very much to everyone who's listened thanks also we forgot to celebrate our one-year anniversary I know I'm really sad about that maybe we can do like a 14 month anniversary I'm I'm down with that let's do that because it was in (laughs) May you guys in May it was our one-year anniversary of launching this podcast Wow. We recorded, la, uh, it's been over a year, we we recorded our first episode in like February, right? February oh, 2018. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but then it took forever to like launch because we had to find a, like we basically like doing the logo and like. Katie was doing the tech, like, behind-the-scenes tech, and we were just like, making a podcast is hard. It's not as easy as we It was so confusing. I mean, let's be real. It still is confusing, it's- but I at least got my bearings a little bit. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least we have them published, and we figured out the mic situation thanks to your friend. So. Um, yes, I know. Um, anyways, so that's, that's our updates. Let us know if you guys have any updates or request on um for us to do or say or yeah I don't, I don't really know what else I'm saying so 
Oh, I think I might have a few colleagues listening now, which makes me really nervous. So, Katie, if I ever start telling really embarrassing things, especially work-related, be like, ahem, your colleagues are probably (laughs) listening. And I'll be like, oh, right. I'll cut you off. I'll maybe I'll spend the extra time and edit, but (laughs) no, it's just funny. I totally, I don't know if you do the same, Katie, but I forget what we talk about. Like as soon as we record, Mm -hmm. I have no recollection of what I say and what stories I share. And I'm always like, gotta really be careful about these stories that I'm telling if they involve other people. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I've only a couple of times I've, gone back and listened to a couple of our early episodes because I'll forget and I'll, I want to remember what I said and I'll listen and I'm like what I don't remember saying that <laughs> I know crazy. right and yeah. also you know I was thinking um I <laughs> you guys are probably like hurry the fuck up and get to the topic but listen I have a lot of things to say like every episode um, there, I was thinking that maybe if you listeners would want this, maybe you don't and whatever. Um, but I would think it'd be fun to do like maybe a, another, like not series. Obviously we have an episode every week, but just like maybe once every month or two do an episode on like sex education, just because I think obviously you don't get it in the States at all, basically other than like fucking magazines that you have like teen magazines and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But you're not getting it if you're an ex Mormon or sorry, if you're a Mormon and you're definitely not getting it in education systems. And like, I think it's really interesting and important. Plus it's like all this taboo around, like you have to be embarrassed to ask certain questions or like, I don't know. Anyways, I have to do it for work because I work for like a health uh, tech company and I'm writing a series on like most commonly asked sex questions, like sex education questions. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, maybe we should do that here because I also learn a lot. There's still a lot of things that I'm quite naive about that. I'm like, oh, that's oh, I didn't know that. Why are we not talking about this? Like and especially I think, again, coming from our point of view of like being ex Mormon, there's just a lot of things that you never even knew about or talked about or, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I think that's a great idea. Anyways, maybe listeners are like, nah, bitch, we don't want to know about your sex life and your experiences. And then I'll be like, okay, don't listen. Cause I'm still going to tell them, but <laughs> um, let us know what you guys think. Maybe, maybe you're interested, maybe not. I'm just thinking too, because our, the second most popular episode that we have, because we can tell how many each episode gets, like how many listens they get, and it's the one on sex. Yeah. <laughs> sex. Which was sex. our second. <laughs> yeah, and it was our second one, and I oh, was, was so oh bad. my god, so bad. The audio was so bad, and I was so incredibly nervous. <laughs> oh, you were. So I was a fucking chatty Kathy. I talked for an <laughs> hour and a half about me losing my virginity. Like, who needs to know an hour and a half information? Like, like no, no one needs to know that much. But people want to know. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, because they all like so many people listen to it. Oh, so yeah, let's bring that back. Let's, let's bring, bring the sex back. back. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Cool. Well, anything else on your side? Nope. I think that was a good, sufficient opening announcement segment. 
to conduct her meeting. Awkward. I'm sorry, guys. I just ugh. and I'm I'm yawning because it's, it's nine thirty at night and I'm an old soul. I've been going to bed at ten thirty every night because I just can't, you guys. I don't know how people stay up so late. I don't either. How do you do it? So envious. Yeah. No, I'm with you. All right. So our topic, Katie, introduce it. Our topic today is racism in the Mormon church as it pertains to Native Americans. Boom, 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 boom. Dun, dun, dun. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot to do with racism there's a lot to be said, I guess I should say, about racism in the Mormon church. But for this episode, we're going to focus just on how it's affected the Native American community, because there's a lot more we can expound upon later. <laughs> exactly. And and Katie and I have wanted to do the topic, the broad topic of racism within the church for basically day one since we started yes. this podcast. But mm-hmm. Katie and I are both white women. So, yep. like, there's no way we can talk on this this subject because we've never experienced racism. And we just wanted to do it justice. We really don't want to talk a bit about this topic and not give it the justice that it deserves and also make sure that it's taken seriously and given, you know, the attention and the appropriate response and engagement that it deserves. And I just didn't feel, and both of us, we didn't feel like we are the people who can talk about racism in the Mormon church because we didn't experience it firsthand. And out of respect, we, we've been waiting, but we also don't want to push people to talk about, you know, it's, it's a very, it can be a very traumatic experience or a hard time and a hard, you know, thing to go through. So we never were like, Oh, great. Talk about it. Like, tell us your experience. Um, but we got this wonderful email in from a listener. Um, let's not, by her. By the way, I, was, I forgot to tell you this before we started. Let's not say her name because I think she's still, like, technically sort of trying to leave the church. Whoa! But she's still kind of in it. So <laughs> Good thing you caught me because I was about to say her name. Uh, I, I can tell. I was like, oh, God, I got to jump in. So we're stop, not going to say stop her it. name. <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe I shouldn't have, like, said a pronoun either. Oh, I think I think you're fine. I think it comes up in the letter. Okay, cool. Um, okay. Whew. Good save, Katie. So basically, we get this email from a listener and immediately like when I first read it, I burst into tears. I was like this is so moving and so it's devastating, of course, and it's something that it's it's horrible to hear and to and to think that this is just what happens in the church and that people don't seem to give a shit about it, you know, and like you, you mm-hmm. just keep going. But it really it struck a chord in my heart. I was like, oh, this is horrible. And I'm really, really grateful that this person sent in their story and like wants us to share it with the rest of the world because we do we want to to shine a light on this and to make sure that it gets the attention that it deserves and we're not speaking on our behalf because we don't have a story to tell but we're happy that not happy maybe that's not the right word but we're excited to be able to share this this person's story to you guys yeah exactly because yeah what we can do is share the story shed light on it and speak about how you know, the church is racist in these ways, but 
like Sarah said, we haven't personally experienced it and we didn't want to take that those voices away from people who have. So we are very grateful that we had a listener send this in and we can do this episode. Yay! So um yeah, so we'll we'll read the story and uh, not the story. I mean it is a story, but it's actually someone's actual life that the things yeah. that they went through. Um so yeah, because I always find it it's really frustrating. It's this topic we had of like, you know, progressive Mormons last week and how they're like, Oh yeah, we're totally um feminist and Mormons. It's like, okay, no, but you can't you you can't be both. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but we also support like every everyone can love whoever they want and we're so open and like open minded and we support this and the LGBTQ plus community and like we support everyone but you can't if you're in the Mormon church and the same thing when they're like you know we are so against racism and we support you know Black Lives Matter and we support like all of these amazing movements towards bringing you know racial equality to everyone and blah blah and I'm like but again you're in the Mormon church these are three areas of the Mormon church that are opposite of what you support yep exactly (laughs) And there's no way of justifying it. Like, there's no way you -hmm. can justify it. Because even when I was a Mormon and I was active and devout, I would just leave those topics alone. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, ugh, I don't know how to explain it. So I'm just going to not talk about it. There'd be untouchable topics that make everyone uncomfortable and that no one has a sufficient answer to. Exactly. Okay, so... I have her letter up here. I can start. And I think maybe every now and then we can pause to maybe clarify something or inter- like just talk about it a little bit. But for the most part, we'll probably just be reading her letter and, and talking about it. So you guys get to listen to our lovely voices narrate this story and bring it to life in your earbuds. <laughs> That's what we're doing. In your earbuds right now. <laughs> Wait, what do you do? You call them earbuds because someone, uh, I think it was a Brit who was saying that the earbuds for them is like cotton swabs. And I was like, <laughs> what? I, yeah, I've never heard the term earbud for cotton swab. I just know it as like the headphone earbuds. Right, that's what I thought. Yeah. But I was getting really confused. I was like, maybe, maybe I we don't call them earbuds and I've just lived in Germany for too long, but no. Okay, cool. They are called earbuds. You haven't lost your mind. <laughs> uh, I'm not going crazy. I am, but I'm not going crazy in this aspect. So cool. <laughs> okay. Story okay. time. Everyone sit on the floor, cross your legs, get your glass of wine and prepare for an incredible story. That's very moving and hopefully Well, yeah, you guys will listen and take to heart, and we can make some changes. Yay! Okay. Should I start? Yeah. Okay. Okay, she says, I grew up on the Navajo reservation. My parents are both Navajo. My dad went to boarding school, and my mom was sent on the LDS placement program. When she was around 11 years old, she was sent to live with an LDS family in St. George. So I'm thinking I'm going to clarify right here for listeners maybe who aren't Mormon. Um, what this was, this LDS placement program, was this thing where, um, I guess, missionaries would go into the Native American communities and 
offer families basically like to take their children and put them in Mormon households that were always like white Mormon families to help them maybe they called it like getting exposure to a different culture but really what they would do is they would take these little kids put them in white Mormon households and baptize them as Mormon and basically strip them of their culture as a Native American yeah and they did this all the way up until 2000 I think like ugh, it's disgusting that's so awful. I'm glad you clarified that because I, when I read her email, I was like, what is an LDS placement program? Um, it's total like white savior bullshit where those missionaries are like, oh, we're going to go help them and we're going to help these kids experience what the true American life is when these kids should have been experiencing their heritage and their culture with their families. Oh, my God. I can't even. I'm already. You, you guys. Y'all, we're like second sentence in, third sentence in, and it's like, I'm already pissed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm already just <sighs> thinking, like, I can't believe that people, like, who are in the Mormon church and are devout say that it's not racist. Like, that, this whole <laughs> It's program. like straight up racism. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. okay. So, when she was around 11 years old, she was sent to live with an LDS family in St. George. Her seven brothers and one sister also went on the placement program. Some left as young as eight as soon as they were baptized. Most of them were sent to the Salt Lake area. I was recently going through some old documents and found their letters they wrote each other when they were separated. It was heartbreaking. I mean, like, yeah. hello, that too. They were separated from even their siblings. Mm, that's awful. <sighs> They tried to see each other on the weekends whenever their foster families allowed. Some of them were treated decently. Others were treated like servants. And unfortunately, my aunt was physically and sexually assaulted by her foster family. Oh, God. I read an article um, just a couple days ago about how this, uh, this has happened a lot. A lot of people have come forward saying that they were sexually assaulted by their Mormon placement family. Oh. That's so awful. Mm-hmm. It was only in the last five years that my husband and I learned that President Kimball had actually taken photos of many of these Native children before they left to live with their assigned LDS family and then had photos taken of them when they returned to see how much whiter their <gasps> skin had become. What? Okay, so while we're here, um, I think I'd like to clarify a little bit maybe for some people So President Kimball, that's Spencer W. Kimball. He was the prophet at the time. And he, so in the Book of Mormon, for people who don't know, the the Lamanites in the Book of Mormon, they claim that those Lamanites were the evil, wicked people that came from Jerusalem. And they were evil, wicked. They didn't follow Nephi. They didn't follow God. So their skin had a curse placed upon it to become dark. And the Lamanites were the ancestors of the Native Americans. So basically, Native Americans were cursed. And that's still in the Book of Mormon, by the way. That's not changed. And in the Book of Mormon, it says that when the the Lamanites start to become righteous, they will become, quote unquote, white and delightsome. And that means that they're becoming less evil and so um, Spencer uh, W. Kimball, he was all for this 
placement program. And I even have a quote of his that he said, um, yeah, he said, Prophet Spencer Spencer W. Kimball said, the day of the Lamanites is nigh. For years they have been growing delightsome, and they are now becoming white and delightsome as they were promised. He often described different Native American children who are as, quote, as light as Anglos. These young members of the church are changing to whiteness and delightsomeness. One white elder jokingly said that he and his companion were donating blood to the Native American hospital in hope that the process of turning them white might be accelerated. I just don't even, I, I'm speechless. I don't, uh, I don't and know yeah, like say. He would, he would say often that these, these children who were placed with Mormon, white Mormon families, that they, he noticed that they were becoming whiter, which means that they were becoming more pure. He said it a lot. It's wow. disgusting. Yeah. Wow. But remember, Katie, humans are flawed and... <sighs> The church is perfect and the doctrine is perfect, but sometimes the humans are flawed and we can't be responsible. Like the church isn't responsible for that. <laughs> what kind of God would let his prophet say things like that? That's what I want to know. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> and this wasn't even that long ago, by the way. No, this so- was like, what, in the 70s, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'll continue. My dad converted when he was in college and then went on a mission where he met my mom's brother, who was also serving in the same area. Anyway, they eventually married in the Salt Lake Temple. My parents moved back to the reservation after my dad received his MBA and after I was born. So I basically grew up in one town for the whole of my childhood. Do you want to start reading? Yeah, I can jump in. We attended a small world, world, God, give me one line and I've already fucked it up. We attended a small world. God damn it. I did it a second time. We attended a small small ward in which we were taught all the Lamanite actions for the Book of Mormon song. And I'm doing, she has air quote Lamanite because like in the Book of Mormon song, it's so racist. You have to do like. Mm-hmm. You put little in uh like feathers behind your head, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really racist. Anyways, I had four friends, one native, one half native, half white, and one white from Snowflake with strong pioneer heritage. It was very common for the people in our ward to be taught that we had to choose between being Navajo or LDS. Just mm-hmm. recently, I attended the same ward and heard some lady in Sunday school say, In these latter days, we must be diligent. We need to choose if we will be Navajo or Latter-day Saints. If we are going to be righteous and blossom as a rose and see our Lamanite people rise, then we have to let go of our wicked culture and choose Mormon culture. That infuriates me. That's absolutely ridiculous and crazy. I just can't. It's Um, disgusting. Ugh, okay. I spoke up and said she was wrong, and that... And that that kind of thinking was damaging. It was the same garbage I had been taught my entire childhood. My parents never taught me to speak Navajo. My parents never took me to cultural ceremonies or dances. My parents didn't even really want me to dress up for our Navajo culture days. They taught us that we needed to give up our wicked Lamanite traditions if we were going to become, quote, white and delightsome. There's that quote again, yeah. Ugh. Oh. Anyway, okay. 
So awful. Um, of course, the language changed later on. But I do remember on one of our youth temple trips to Mesa, Arizona, which is not where you live. <laughs> I was like, that's where Katie lives. But that's I live I live very close to there. I live like 20 minutes from there. That's what I thought, right? I always get yeah. confused, but okay. Yeah. Um, which was a six-hour drive. We were having a picnic, and our leaders were talking about the Celestial Kingdom. And my leader said, the only thing I'll be sad about when we go to the Celestial Kingdom is losing my brown skin. And we asked her why we lost our brown why we lose our brown skin. And she replied, Because we will all be turned white in the celestial kingdom because we will finally be righteous enough. I think this is where I started crying. Like I started bawling when I was reading this. Yeah, me too. Especially this this next one. I'll I'll read that and then maybe you want to jump in. Um, growing up, my mom always taught me to stay out of the sun or I'd get too dark. She taught me to rub lemons on my skin so my skin wouldn't become so that my skin would become lighter. Mm. That made me so sad. So so sad. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. As a child, I didn't think much of being taught that I was a Lamanite or being taught that my brown skin was a curse. I just accepted it. I accepted that somehow I was bad because of the race and culture I had been born into. Although I grew up in an area that was 90% Navajo, I was ashamed to be Navajo. Mm. I looked down at my non-LDS peers, the ones who spoke Navajo or the ones who lived traditionally. At the same time, I was also envious that they actually took pride in who they were. Mm. My parents left the church when I was 12. My dad's mission president happened to be George P. Lee, the first Native American general authority for the LDS church. When George was excommunicated back in the early 90s, accused of molesting a 13-year-old girl, he sought help from my dad. George ended up living with us off and on for a year. During this time, they had meetings about the racism in the church, the church's growing fortune in stocks and properties, etc. My parents removed their names from the church. My brother and I did not have our names removed at this time, however, since we really didn't understand what was going on. My parents and George still believed in the foundations of the gospel, but felt that modern leadership had been corrupted. And George began teaching his small group of followers that he was the Lamanite seer. Oh, no. Three years later, my brother died in an accident. My My parents felt that was a sign from the Lord to go back to church that the death of my brother was God compelling us to be humbled. Oh, uh, oh, oh my God. In essence, he had sacrificed himself for our salvation. Oh no. My parents doubled down and so did I, although this all happened when I was 15, almost 16. I just finished writing the first draft of my memoir about this part of my life when we went back to church and when I got involved with some missionaries. Oh, my God. I just saw my name in the next paragraph. Can I read that one? Yeah, you better read it. (laughs) (laughs) Not to take away. God, I'm I'm the worst. I'm, like, taking away from the seriousness and the horrible situation. I'm like, but my name's in the next paragraph. I want to read it. (laughs) Um. But can I just also side note with that? It's I feel like it's very common. And I I mean, obviously, I never experienced anything like this. And it's never been extreme. But it's it's like when I first left the church, and I still sometimes do it, if anything goes bad in my life, I'm constantly like, the first thing I think of is like, God's cursing me. 
Mm. This is because I left. This is because like I, you know, I, I left the church and I'm sinning and this is why this bad thing has happened to me. So for those who are listening who didn't grow up Mormon and you're kind of thinking like, what? It, it's quite, it's a very common reaction to have for sure. Oh, oh, totally. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's so upsetting. Yeah. But it yeah. is common. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. Okay. I'll jump in. Uh, just like Sarah, that's me, <laughs> had talked about in a rural area, it was a very normal thing for parents to push their kids to have semi-relationships with missionaries. So before I go on, that's like 100%. If, yeah, I didn't realize because I'm self-absorbed. I didn't realize it happened as often outside of the South, but that makes sense. Like if if you're somewhere where there's not a lot of Mormon guys, it's like so common that you basically just assume you'll marry a missionary. Like, they'll come back and you'll marry them. Yeah. Anyways, uh, she goes on. And for my friends and me, it was a chance for a better life off the reservation. To marry a white missionary was like winning the jackpot. Offspring with lighter lighter skin was also a huge bonus. Oh, my God. I know. (sighs) Anyway, I ended up writing to a missionary for a year, and he invited me to his homecoming. His mother took him aside and said, this breaks my heart. Can't you find a nice white girl? Oh, my God. Uh, I just, uh, breaks my heart. Um, so that, of course, didn't last very long, which is a good thing. I later, I later realized I was 16, 17, and he was 20, 21. He actually told me to tell everyone I was 18 when he brought me to meet his family at his homecoming. I related so much to that podcast episode of Return Missionary Dating. Girl, don't we all? Is that was I? I had forgotten that you'd talked about that. I knew that you had talked about it before, obviously, but I'd forgotten that it was on a podcast. And when her bringing that back up makes me just—it makes my stomach feel so sick. These sixteen-year-old girls are being pushed on twenty-one-year-old men, and then in her case, it's even grosser because it's like trying to put them with a white guy because that's somehow going to save them. Oh, exactly. it makes me feel so physically disgusting. Oh, yep. It's so gross. Anyway, she says, <laughs> such a good segue. Anyway, I went to BYU. Looking back, it was a very segregated experience. I hung out with the Polynesians and the natives. On my way to a class, I heard two guys talking as they walked past and they said, how do Indians even get accepted here? I don't know. Don't they need passports to get off the reservations? Well, it's not like they're even going to graduate anyway. <gasps> oh, my God. I don't know. Power to this woman for not just, like, going up and punching them in the dicks. Because I would have, like... Seriously. That's so... Ugh. It may, All it shit. Like, ugh. I just hate BYU culture so much. Like, I have nothing positive to say about BYU culture. Um, okay. In my Book of Mormon class, my professor began by saying, what did Nephites look like? He spread his arms out over the large room. Well, they were fair and beautiful like us. They had white skin and blonde hair, brown hair, but they were beautiful like us. Needless to say, it was one of the worst classes I had. The teacher emphasized the wickedness and ugliness of the Lamanites as they were cursed for not believing and cursed for being savages. This is so horrifying. <sighs> this teacher. Okay. First of all, fuck this teacher. Because that's just racist and horrible. But I mean, and it is in the Book of Mormon. But Nephites did not exist. 
Like, exactly. the fact that this is being taught at, as a professor at BYU infuriates me because these people are fictional. And the story about how the Lamanites were cursed is fictional. And then you're telling this story to perpetuate racism and this fictional, it's just a myth and it's horrible. Okay, Ooh, I'm so freaked up. I need to calm down. I need to calm down. Preach it. Don't calm down. That shit is real. It needs to be talked about. Mm. Oh, it wasn't until I met my husband, Sam, that I start. Oh, fuck. Was I not supposed to say his name? I don't know. She didn't. She didn't say to not say his name, though. All right. Well, sorry. I'll just not continue. (laughs) Like saying they. It wasn't until I met my husband that I started learning more about Native American history. He grew up very similar to me, just in southern Alberta, which is basically the Utah of Canada. We ended up dating through my senior year at BYU and getting married shortly after my graduation. We lived in the tree streets for a time. I don't know what that is. What is tree streets? I feel like it's an apartment complex, maybe, Um, in Provo. It sounds familiar, but sorry if I got that wrong, listener. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, it probably is. We lived in the tree streets for a time where my elderly neighbor would continually call the cops on me for keep for not keeping my lawn up to par parentheses. I was sick and pregnant at the time or call the cops when we'd have a group of our friends over or when my kids were playing with sparklers during the 4th of oh July. Oh my goodness. Wow. Fuck hell like that is just some next level racism. Like who ugh, Freaking Provo, Utah. I mean, I know racism is everywhere, but freaking like Provo, Utah, where everyone's white, they see anyone that's not white and they just are like, oh, I need to call the cops. They're probably doing something wrong. Like, ew, get out of here with that. Gross. Um, Do you want to keep reading? Sure. We attended the native ward. It was officially called the Lamanite ward. Oh, my God. Right? Like, what the? It is so so ridiculous. Where anyone with brown skin or anyone married to someone with brown skin could attend. The stake president wouldn't give any of the men from our ward a temple temple recommend if they had long hair or if they practiced any kind of cultural traditions. Oh, my God. Okay. Piece of shit. Okay. Whenever my husband and I attended a regular family ward, the members would come up to us and say, Oh, it's so nice to see Lamanites coming to church. We used to have a Lamanite in our home once, as they referred to the placement program foster foster children. I can't get over that they call them Lamanites. That's so awful. I know. And just awful and idiotic. It's all... My husband and I moved to Switzerland for a semester as part of his internship. We stayed with an LDS family there. The lady made him a headdress and wanted him to wear it for the ward Halloween party. (laughs) I'm I'm not laughing because I think it's funny. It's just so outrageous to me that I'm like, what? And I'm not surprised at all in Europe because... Yeah, there's some racist motherfuckers. No offense to our European listeners, but you know it's true. You know it's true. Like, after living here, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) He declined and proceeded to educate them why that perpetuates negative stereotypes and is not okay. He is the outspoken extrovert between the two of us, and if it wasn't for him, I would not know a thing about the racist history of the church. Yes, can we have a round of applause? Yay! Yay for her husband. (laughs) 
We moved to Wisconsin for his law school, and it was there in that liberal bubble once we got out of Provo that we finally had normal friends. We weren't constantly trying to convert people to Mormonism or sharing the Book of Mormon. Instead, we learned to accept others for who they were. We had a very diverse set of friends, and surprisingly, one was from Utah, but she had left the church in high school. Mm. When law school was over, we moved to rural North Wisconsin for a year and a half. In our small branch, the bishopric would make drunk Indian jokes from the pulpit. Oh, dear Lord. Jesus. Our children were still fairly little and didn't understand everything, but we didn't want to take chances, so we stopped attending. By this time, we were noticing that we had started losing LDS friends because we were so outspoken about racism and Native issues. We moved to the, do you say this, Hopi or Hop? I think it's Hopi. We moved to the, I'm sorry. I know, I'm sorry if I messed it up. Yeah. We moved to the Hopi Reservation after Wisconsin. We had the missionaries over a couple of times. Once, one of the missionaries said, the Hopi and Navajo cultures are going to die out anyway. Once it does, it'll be so much easier to get them away from the mesas where they usually perform their ceremonial and cultural dances. My husband looked at them sternly. Why do you say that? The 19-year-old boy replied, well, it's just fact. The church is going to go to every land and these Lamanite traditions won't survive it. Oh, my God. My husband, re- yeah, right? my husband replied, listen here, the Hopi and Navajo people have been here long before any colonizers came to America. Yes. yes. They, have, they have been practicing their beliefs and traditions for thousands of years, and they will continue to do so. Their culture isn't bad or wicked. You kids aren't here to get them away from the mesas. You are here to serve and love the people you serve. Nothing more plain and simple. Boom. My drop. Do you want to take over? Oh, okay, yeah. In our current town in New Mexico, 30 minutes from where I grew up in Arizona, it is predominantly Navajo and Mexican. We went out to dinner with one of our one of the missionaries I knew during high school. I'll call him PC. He had moved here with his wife and children and invited us to dinner with his dentist partner and his the partner's wife. As we are sitting down, the dentist partner says it's so refreshing being with successful Native Americans. <sighs> God, I can't even. They proceeded to ask why alcoholism and poverty is such a problem here. Sam went into the genocide of Native America, and they weren't too happy about that. In fact, PC's wife asked my brother if Sam and I are racist. What? What? Just, I, it's so absolutely ridiculous that I don't even... Ugh. PC and his family have been living in this town for 10 years, and we are the on- their only Native friends. It's a very segregated ward, to say the least. Can I just pause there? And I find it two things. I find it absolutely ridiculous that they think that they're racist because they're outspoken about the horrible things that have happened to Native Americans, which was genocide. I get so annoyed yes. when Americans are like, it's not genocide. I'm like, yeah, it was. Like, it was, it was 100% genocide. And the fact that we don't even acknowledge it or even try to, t- to teach the correct history, it's so infuriating to me. Like, and I ugh, I can't it's even disgusting. imagine because I'm then, not Native American, uh, you know? Like, right. Or and all I, of the, the injustices and, like you said, the genocide and everything that still happens and then people have the audacity to to claim that they're racist like 
No, no. Ah. Also, it's absolutely ridiculous, too, just to get my little soapbox and tangent. It's like when Americans will be like, oh, they're really proud to be like, I am one-eighth Native American, or I am, because I'm I'm not I'm gonna be real honest here. I'm a 16th, and I remember being so proud of that and like talking about. I mean, I still am, but it was a different level. I didn't even understand the history behind it. I didn't understand like the horrible things that happened, like genocide, like all of that. Like we were taught like a very basic version of the history, and not even touching on like just horrible, horrible shit that actually happened. Um, But then I think it's funny that like Americans will be like, oh, I'm so proud to be, you know, one eighth or one sixteenth or one thirty second, you know, like Native American. But yet they're still racist as fuck. Like they don't even understand. Yeah. Their ancestors literally. Yeah. Yeah. Their ancestors literally literally stole the land from Native Americans, killed them and took their wives. It's. That's literally what happened, and people don't acknowledge it, but it's shit. And I guess while we're on that topic, I wanted to say that the Mormon church was really, really bad about this. Like, granted, the whole country was and still is wildly racist, but... When the Mormon, uh, when the Mormon Church moved west to Utah, and Brigham Young wanted to make Utah a territory, he had no problem with just taking the land from the Native Americans that were already living in Utah, killing a bunch of them, and they even produced um, in like I think it was called it was there was a bunch of things like that he said about him but even in like the children's magazine at the time like the church magazine it was called the juvenile instructor kind of like you know how there's the church magazine the friend for oh, little yeah. kids yeah. there was a whole series in there that you can look up online about native americans which they called indians and about how they were descendants of the lamanites and that they were quote filthy dark and degraded and that they should be afraid of them because they were evil and Brigham Young had no problem with just taking everything from them taking their all all of their resources killing them and forcing them into poverty and famine like uh when you read the history of what Brigham Young did and then the whole Mountain Meadows massacre thing you know how they blamed that on Native Americans um he was absolutely horrible like oh, oh my God. I have a quote I have a quote from Brigham Young please okay. here we go there is a curse on these aborigines of our country who roam the plains and are so wild that you cannot tame them they are of the house of Israel they once had the gospel delivered to them they had oracles of truth Jesus came and administered to them after his resurrection and they received and delighted in the gospel until the fourth generation when they turned away and became so wicked that God cursed them with dark and benighted and loathsome condition. Yeah. Oh, uh, Brigham Young, fuck you. Like, you yeah, that's are just one just of, like, kind. Oh, he's terrible. So, <sighs> ugh, I know. I, ugh, disgusting. Oh, man. Um... Also, I just feel like I should clarify when I made the comment that I'm 116th. Like, I'm not justifying or lumping myself in the group of obnoxious people who are like, but I can say what I want because I totally get it because I'm like one 1,000th and I get it. 
no, I, just to clarify, that's not what I was trying to do or say. So <laughs> hopefully my point was made. But if not, I apologize and call me out on that if you'd like to. Um, okay, so I'll continue reading. Mm-hmm. We left our ward here last October. It was a huge soap opera event that would take another five pages to write up. People in this ward are only concerned about being white saviors. If they can't have that elevated position, then they don't really want anything to do with any of the brown people here. It's a very conservative town where the pray where they pray for Trump from the pulpit. Oh, oh my God. God. And they make excuses for kids being locked up at the border. Well, if I hadn't been well, if it hadn't been for the Lamanites' wickedness, they might have kept their first estate. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I can't. So that's also a big thing I was taught. People born with darker skin were more wicked in the pre-existence and lost their first estate. She's doing air quotes for first estate. Sorry, there's like a loud thing outside my apartment that you guys might be able to hear. <laughs> I think it's a plane or I don't know what's happening. Sorry. Um, darker skin were more wicked in the pre-existent and lost their quote-unquote first estate, which is why they were born with the curse of Layman or the curse of Cain. Um, I have an article to send you girls about the execution order given by Brigham Young to kill the men, women, and children of the native tribes who had been previously occupying Utah Valley. Mm. Valley. Oh, my God. Yes, please do send that to us. Um. The LDS pioneers were upset that the natives were on good land and that they wanted. They used the excuse that the natives weren't properly settling the land as the Lord would want them to. So the land should rightfully, rightly belong to people who would settle the land. Brigham Young approved the execution order and the pioneers prese- proceeded to slaughter the tribe and behead mm. them as a warning for other tribes to give up their land to them. When we told this to our TBM brother-in-law from Utah, he's married to her husband's sister, he replied with, well, what did the tribes do to deserve it? Uh, Whoa. Oh, my God. Wow. I have no words. I don't either. It's so disgusting. Brigham Young was, like, the most horrible human being, I feel like, in existence maybe not in existence but he's up there but how like this is the shit that just like really pisses me off is that they don't I mean you're just you're in this religion and you don't even know what happened you don't even know that one of the main prophets in this religion literally approved an execution order that they slaughtered a tribe and beheaded them yeah. Like, as a yeah. warning, like, that is so grotesque and just cruel and horrible. Like, right. And this, what he started, what he said, it, he was claiming to speak for God when he said all these horrifying things about Native Americans and about how they were cursed and wicked and evil. And he claimed to be speaking for God. And then that leaked out and is still in the culture of Mormonism because of him. And even later prophets had those same ideas like Spencer W. Kimball, you know, and it was because of what they said came from God. And to me, it's so obvious that, you know, they just made it up because they were racist. And when you bring this up to a Mormon, like she was just saying to her um, brother, like they, they just ignore it. And they yeah. say, and 
Or they'll say, well, maybe he was racist, but he was acting as a man. And to me, that completely gets rid of any credit of him possibly being a prophet. If you can just say that about anything people say, even if it's beheading people and you say, well, he was still a prophet, but he was just acting as a man. No, you can't pick and choose and cherry pick like that because that is that's bullshit right there. And that's gaslighting and it's mm mm. It's bullshit. That's what mm. it is. Preach mm. it. Um, oh, this one's for you. The next ep- uh, episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> you did that episode, yeah? Oh, yeah. Also, I just remembered your episode on Trek. Many of our more enlightened and emboldened LDS Native friends refuse to participate in Trek. So um, I guess I'll just, if people haven't heard it, Trek is where they take the youth of the church, the teenagers, and they dress them, you have to dress up as pioneers and walk all day long and pretend like you were the Mormon pioneers, basically, um, the people who killed the Native Americans. So, oh, dear yeah. Lord. Um, um, my husband and I have never gone on trek and neither have our kids. Our friends who are still LDS refuse to participate because of the racist history of it, dressing native kids up as the pioneers who raided their homelands and then killed tribal members to take their land, land which most tribes were willing to live in harmony on with the pioneers. And it's just disgusting all around. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Our families are still TBMs, with the exception of one of my husband's brothers and one of my brothers and my two sisters. We haven't told my parents yet. My dad is the stake president, and he's very invested because of my dead brother. We have told my husband's parents, and I think that they're hopeful we will gain our testimony back. But after researching and finding out the truth about Joseph Smith, there's no way. We're in a strange place of not knowing what we believe. I think with our native roots, we are going back to cultural and more traditional ways to root our children in who they really are. We are naturalists, I guess, but we are done with organized religion. Oh, good for you. Um, Oh, and then (laughs) she says, I hope this helps. Feel free to ask any questions. And also, just to be clear, my husband and I are not racist. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we We truly value human life and human love. And I think sometimes people, mostly Mormons, misinterpret spreading knowledge and truth as something bad because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Truth. Truth. Um, and then she says her husband has so many stories. He'll send some over when he gets time and that they love our podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you know what? I also just want to comment on that line. Uh, I think sometimes people, mostly Mormons misinterpret spreading knowledge and truth as something bad because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, I was watching the show. She's got to have it. I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix. It's incredible if you haven't. Um, But the main um, character is an African-American woman. So it really dives deep into the culture and like, obviously the, the, you know, really racist experiences that uh, African-Americans experience in the U S and elsewhere. Um, Anyways. But one thing she said, it was one episode where they're talking about basically 
I won't get into all of it, but there was this one line that was like, you know, it's complicated. Like they didn't want to tell the truth because it's complicated. And this, this character as a young girl was like, is it complicated or is it unpleasant? Mm. And I was like, Oh, that's so that hit me hard. Like, yeah, sometimes it's really not complicated or even in this scenario of like, is it something that, you know, maybe you feel defensive or whatever you want to argue, but it's still true. It's not, it's just an unpleasant reality for you. Like white people get uncomfortable with this because it's an unpleasant truth for them. It's, it makes them uncomfortable that their ancestors did this to these, you know, people like it's, it's the truth, but it's uncomfortable. They don't want to face the fact that the founders of the church that they hold so dear were extremely racist. And according to those leaders, those prophets, God is racist too. So you either have to say, like, to to work that out in their brains, they either have to say, okay, he was lying or he was delusional as a prophet or God is racist. So which one of those work? And then that's why they say it's complicated. But in reality, it's not complicated. They were racist, horrible, and also they made it all up. So it's not complicated. It just is uncomfortable for them to admit that. And they don't want to deal with those feelings. Yep. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Uh, yikes. Screech. Guys, we, I, I don't even have anything else to say. I, we love your stories and we're so, um, happy and appreciative to this listener who sent in this incredible story that we were able to, um, share with everyone and hopefully shine some light on this topic that needs to be addressed. It needs to have attention placed on it. And, you know, as we mentioned before, Katie and I, we, we don't want to be the voices for this cause because we have not experienced it firsthand and we want to give it justice and we want to be respectful. So if you have stories or if you would like to be on an episode with us where you talk about, um, your personal experiences with racism, please, it's important to us and I think it's important to a lot of listeners. So if you have stories or you want to participate or tell your truth, let us know. Yes. And thank you to this listener again for taking that time to write that all out for us because that was wonderful. And I also wanted to say, I'm glad that they're getting their kids back into the culture, their native American culture, because that is something that was totally taken away by the Mormons in Utah. It was totally stripped from them. And so Mm -hmm. I'm glad that they're getting back to that and finding a way out of that whole Mormon mess. I'm sorry you had to deal with it. Yeah. (sighs) Anyways, that's it, I think. All right. Well, Sarah, I think we had a few listeners comment that they really like our closing prayer. (laughs) So you can't end this without a closing prayer. (laughs) Dear Celestial Jesus. Dear Celestial Jesus. I'm so sorry we do not agree with your racist cunts for apostles and prophets. Please forgive us. If Brigham Young is in the afterlife, if the afterlife is real, could you kick him really hard in his ball sack for us? And in his face and in his penis and everywhere because I would just fucking go crazy on that asshole. 
Um, hashtag I'm not violent. Hashtag don't, you only, know. <laughs> only against big and young. Exactly. <laughs> Um, um we want to we want to bless our listeners bless their earbuds that they're listening right now <laughs> that their earbuds will fill them with oh what's the word they use um wait what do they please bless this food that it will strengthen nourish so the earbuds and nourish their bodies the podcast will strengthen nourish your your bodies and your mind and that if you're listening in the car you will drive safe you will drive safely and bless those who are not with us at this time that they may be blessed with safety and peace and love and good health. Y'all, I used to think that, like, if I did not say my prayers every night and mention that, that my family was going to die overnight. Oh, same. Like, oh, same. Always. Uh, all right. Well, in the name of Emma Smith. <laughs> in the name of Emma Smith. And Satan. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, it's Lucifer. Sunning, oh. Wait, was it morning sun or morning star? What is he called? Sorry about it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Hashtag Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hashtag Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we're putting that on this episode. You can't own that name. Okay. <laughs> That's it. We love you guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.